Welcome back to another edition of Broomsticks and Butterfinger. <laughs> Why do you always giggle when I do the, the intro here? Because you just said last time that you, you keep mixing it up, so I was waiting to see what was going to come out this time. What'd you think? Well, I didn't. I kind of interrupted you. I. No, that was it. <laughs> That's oh. all I had. Oh, okay. That's great then. Top notch. The uh, we just uh, got some breaking news here. You hit the. Uh, we won an award for being one of the Harry Potter podcasts in, in the world. What? I didn't hear anything <laughs> about this. Yeah, we are. We were voted on by the fans as one of the Harry Potter podcasts. This is just like Jennifer voted? Mm-hmm. Kelly, too, maybe? Nope. Not Anastasia, because she doesn't listen. Obviously. She's like, you talked about me on the last podcast? Yeah, a lot. No, we didn't win any awards. Maybe someday. Maybe someday. Third or nothing. Third, Third or, or nothing. nothing. we got to get some of those drops on the soundboard. Yes. But this is Broomsticks and Butterbeer, the chapter-by-chapter discussion of the Harry Potter novels. I'm Dan Rhino. I'm Jessica Rhino. And we are continuing our journey through the never-ending story that is Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. But we had some stuff happen last week, Jess. Did we? We had some dragons. Oh, yes, last time. We had some dragons. We had some people getting hurt. We had some... uh, People, some some gentlemen putting bets on whether or not students would die Children or not. <laughs> we got Death Eaters on the judging panel. A lot happened last chapter. Yeah. All right. Do we have a summary of that? I do have a summary of chapter 20, the first task. Oh, that's uh, convenient. Harry was super worried and super nervous about the potential of a dragon killing him. And the fact that we've got a Death Eater and Karkarov running around the school. Hermione tries to help Harry figure out his dragon problem with a trip to the library. Harry destroys Cedric's brand new bag and proceeds to tell Cedric about dragons being the first task. So helpful. As as you do, as one does when they have something important to tell somebody. They rip, o- they rip open their uh, carrying accoutrement <laughs> and then they proceed to, to tell him, Jess, I got something important to say and then I rip your purse in half. Like well, an animal. What I do is I just put some rocks in your shoes, so when you, you're walking, you stop to take the rocks out, and then I can talk to you. And you graveled me. You yes, graveled me. that would be graveling. Uh, Moody overhears this happening, then gives Harry hints on how to beat the dragon, even though he says he won't do that. Uh, Harry and Hermione work on a summoning charm, so Harry can use it to summon his broom during the dragon battle. Ludo Bagman is definitely betting on these children in this competition that they might actually die in. That. Wait, that was your opinion. He's definitely. It's not, it doesn't it's not say an that. It's, in, it's not an, an opi- It's not an opinion. We don't anymore. see money transfer hands. You we wouldn't. Don't with the, you hear. wouldn't. You wouldn't. It's your opinion. No, it's happening. I'm calling it. You have a lot of, lot of data to support your theory. Well, no one asked your opinion. No one asked your opinion. <laughs> All four competitors are successful in retrieving a golden egg from the protection of the dragon, all coming out with varying degrees of injuries, but Harry actually does it the fastest. We found out in the last chapter that the judging panel is the most crooked, unsavory, and scandalous in sports history. 
You foul and loads of them evil little cockroaches. Sorry, what are you it took me a minute. You got, Cheeto, minute. you got Cheeto fingers? You couldn't couldn't hit the soundboard? No, it was. First I was giggling, and then I had to find it. Well, the soundboard doesn't really function well when you got Cheeto fingers. I don't like Cheetos. Cheeto dust. Who doesn't like Cheetos? I don't like Cheetos. So if I had some Cheetos, you wouldn't have a no, few? No, I wouldn't. Okay. I kind of want some Cheetos now. There's some in there, I'm pretty sure. It's okay. in that little variety pack bag I have, because I won't eat them. Okay. Uh, the, like I said, the judging panel, very crooked. Uh, nearly every judge has a bias toward a particular competitor, or in Bagman's case, just betting on them dying or not. Or... No one asked your opinion. It's your opinion. I don't know. I don't know. It seems like my opinion has, like, like a rose has bloomed into (laughs) (laughs) this, from this germ of an opinion has bloomed into this beautiful, beautiful fact. I don't think that's how that works. Germs don't become Some say love. It's like a seed goes into the plant and the plant has a rose but not germs that's not how that works but harry is not only still alive but he's tied for first and he's made up with ron oh so that was all is right with the world again lots of action in chapter 20 just lots of stuff going on yep lots of sports Good grief. <laughs> and I thought I could stop it by hitting it again. <laughs> That's not how that works. Uh, not so much action in this chapter. No. <laughs> you tried to, just because you like arguing with me. Well, I was going to say, like, the last chapter, we really, I wasn't sure we were ever going to get to the task. I was like, are, are we going to get there? Is it going to happen? I like how they said, it. oh, now that Harry did the first task, it's three months until he has to do it again. I'm like, three months until some action's going to happen? <laughs> this yep. book, man, I'm telling you. This is where they get thick, man. <laughs> J.K. Rowling just trying to up her page count because she gets paid by the page. Paid by the word. I'm saying it. I'm uh, saying it. J'accuse! <laughs> J.K. Rowling. Well, Chapter 21, Jess, the House Elf Liberation Front. Viva la resistance! Uh, yeah. Ron, Harry, and Hermione head to the Owlry to have Pigwidgeon send a message to Sirius. Pig is still just just a hyperactive mess. <laughs> I like how we started the chapter of Ron being like, Yeah, you know, we probably should have known he was a Death Eater. That's like the very first bit of the chapter. We probably should have known that. Yeah, there were some signs there. The fact that... No, you liked him. I did. But if if Moody... If we know Moody's background was, you know, rounding up the bad guys. Yeah. Like the baddest of the bad. And Karkaroff was a little standoffish when he saw him. And there was obviously something in the... We probably could have put the, the pieces together. Uh, speaking of putting pieces together, we got a puzzle in front of us right now. Um, the company on the back of that puzzle, can you hand me the box real quick? Yeah, Cause, cause, yeah we gotta, we, cause, this is a public Because I'm going to put the Pandalone Company, <laughs> or Paladone 
Paladone, P-A-L-A-D-O-N-E. Company on Blast.com. Right, Blast. Right Paladone.com. Send your hate tweets to them. We got this uh, thousand piece awesome looking Batman 80 year anniversary puzzle. Mm-hmm. Um, how many pieces are we missing now that we are like, done with the puzzle? 15. Missing 15 pieces. Now, it's not uncommon. I'd say about 10% of the puzzles we, you and I put together. We, we put, put together, together a lot. lot of puzzles. About puzzle ten, champions. About the 10% of the... We are. We have won puzzling competitions <laughs> in the past <laughs> with our friends uh, Zach and Brandy. A yes. uh, shout out to our friends Zach and Brandy in Kentucky. But we, we've had probably 10% of the puzzles we've put together have been missing pieces. You know, usually like one or two pieces. Yes. Usually one. One. And it happens. you got to think that 10% is probably higher than it should be. We, it, it probably shouldn't be that high. I feel like it's higher than 10%. Okay, we'll, we'll call it 12%. <laughs> 25. 25%? <laughs> Jessica! We got a lot of puzzles that okay. ended up missing pieces. All right. Well, this puzzle was missing so many pieces for a different reason. It actually seems like we have over a thousand pieces here total. We do. Now, some would say that that would be a victory. It's kind of <laughs> like when you get something from Ikea and they give you extra screws in there in case you lose one. But the reason we have over a thousand pieces, yet there are 15 pieces missing from our completed puzzle here, is that we received many a duplicate piece many one i'm talking like these pieces were cloned of other pieces in a factory right exact next to pieces. dolly the sheep and they are the exact same cut the exact same piece well don't forget the one where we have two so we actually have three one we got in triplicate triplicate in yep. case we lose it yep just some backups so the fine folks over at pad P-A-L-A-D-O-N-E, however you say, Paladone or Paladone, you need, they to, need get, to hire somebody you need for to quality pick yourself control. up by the bootstraps. You need to get some quality control. And you need to get your house in order. Yeah. Yeah. Because we are... Color me disappointed, Jess. Color me disappointed. I, I don't even know what to say. Like, I don't know. There's no words. Like, I was picturing some, like, disgruntled employee getting really mad one day because his boss told him off. And so he went over and he said, watch this. And he took a handful of this puzzle, a handful of that puzzle, and switched them. Chaos. But we got three of one piece. He's an, Some people just want to see the world burn. Just. <laughs> How did he get three? Some people. He went out of his. He had to have gone out. He or she had to have gone out of their way to institute chaos yeah well now i'm thinking maybe their machine just doesn't cut like it cuts clean these are actually very cleanly cut pieces mm -hmm. but like maybe they get like jammed up in there and then they stuck together and then we got like the extra ones that got stuck maybe they need to clean their maybe they need to clean their stuff uh, so maintenance could be an yeah, issue cleanliness yeah Stop um, eating peanut butter and jelly while you're working. Cheeto fingers Cheeto. could be an issue. Oh man, stupid Cheetos could be an issue. Uh, so we had to we had to just use our platform because every time every time a new podcast comes up, 
we get more listeners. We have uh-huh. Uh-huh. we have several thousand people that listen to this podcast <laughs> for some reason every time it comes out. And I think that it's important to uh and to, to warn the public. To educate the public and to and to let them know that there are people out there that are not taking their jobs seriously. And they're switching your puzzle pieces. And they're doing it just to institute chaos into your life. And we need to stand up. We need to... And we'll rise up against Paladone. <laughs> we have 24 pieces that are duplicates or the ones that are triplicates. triplicates. <laughs> and we're missing 15. Well, there we were missing some action from this chapter, Jess. Uh, speak, uh, speaking oh, of missing yeah, things, oh, we were yeah. missing some action oh, from this chapter. I was chapter. like, what are we uh, talking yeah, about? Uh, we're talking about uh, chapter 21. One. What? Harry Potter <laughs> and the Goblet of Fire. Here on Broomsticks and Butterbeer, Dan Rhino, Jessica Rhino. On your, listening on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, the House Elf Liberation Front. Like I said, uh, Pig is uh, very excited. Um, to get to, to be utilized here in sending a message to Sirius, updating Sirius on Harry's successful first task. And I guess Harry wrote like a book to, to Sirius and like Pig flew out the window and then had to kind of like do some self-correcting in the air. Well, no, Ron threw him out the window. Oh, yeah. Just chucked him out the window. So it yeah, took him a little bit yeah. to get his bearings. He got it, though. Plus the extra weight. Pig's a little bit of a, a hot mess, but gets the job done. We'll see. <laughs> oh, no. Dun-dun-dun. <laughs> you got a little dun-dun-dun there? In the, in the red, I think. In the red. No. There's only like six choices there. Dun-dun-dun. No. There's... Dun. Crickets, air horn, hot take, wah 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 fail, and breaking news. Oh, do the wah 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 though. (laughs) (laughs) Ron is very positive though about Harry's chances of winning. Is Ron just trying to be a good friend here after kind of them being at loggerheads for a little while? Is Ron, or do you think Ron really thinks that that Harry has a shot to win it? Um, bit of both. You know, he knows he's got some friendship points he needs to earn back. Mm-hmm. But also, I think from his point of view is, you survived a dragon. Well, how much harder could it be? Why not? Why not? Why not, Harry? Uh, Hermione is more practical about her attitude <laughs> toward <laughs> Harry winning. Does... And we're playing. We're currently recording this uh, close to the Fourth of July, twenty twenty one, and we play the game that we play every Fourth of July, Jessica, and that is fireworks or gunshots. Fireworks or gunshots. No, that's at this point you just count them all as fireworks, no matter what it is, except for whatever the man behind us blew up last night. Somebody set off an wily coyote acme bomb in the yard behind us last night. Like it was bad. And there was so much smoke afterwards. So it if, the house. If it was some form of firecracker, it did not perform the way it was supposed to. It was defective, and it exploded on the ground with a loud bang and a flash of light. Mm-hmm. And then lots of smoke 
We were expecting to find body parts strewn yes, this morning. Yes, I, I did. I went and checked the backyard. Oh, you did this... find body parts? No. <laughs> did you inform the authorities? No, I went to the back fence and peeked over to see if there was, if I could tell what had been blown up or and or if there was a dead person still laying there from... You saw no appendages? No appendages, no bodies. All right, well, good. They must have survived. And they didn't call the, an ambulance, so... So, <laughs> kids don't play with fireworks. Yeah, you'll lose fingers. A little public service announcement from your friends at Roomsticks. We are so informative today. So, is Hermione? Is she just more practical, or is she just trying to keep Harry, you know, from not getting too confident here? Trying to keep him more grounded. Like, what's the what, what's the goal of Hermione here? Is that, or is that just her personality? Um, can I go with both again? Yes, I mean, if you want to be boring. <laughs> well, she is more practical, and she is she's just a very logical person. She's said this before. Um, we need to get the Star-Lord bit of, bit of both, then. Bit of both, then. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, she's got to try and keep Harry in a realistic state of mind and don't let him get all cocky and running around and jumping into the next task not really prepared it's like kind of damage control she's trying to to bring him back down keep him here don't let him go off the rails what's well, a nice evening act then you've got ron like really dude Build you can win this <laughs> and then we got our mind like come on okay but let's be prepared yeah, let's, let's be, be smart here. about it so it kind of yeah, it's kind of evens them out a little bit a big celebration in the Gryffindor common room to celebrate Harry's successful first task. We got food, we got fireworks, we got banners. Who was yeah. the who was making the banners? Was it Lee Jordan? Oh, I thought it was Dean. I don't. I don't remember. We'll have any time to look it yeah. up. Yeah, <laughs> it kind of just listed off what everybody did. I like and... how it said in the story. It says, "So and so, who was really good at drawing." Yeah. <laughs> Just a little fun fact we didn't know about the person before. It's just like something like now uh, we know. Like if I was asking my kindergartners on the first day of school, like what's something that you're good at? I'm really good at drawing. <laughs> it just kind of came off like that. I'm really good at eating jelly beans. That's what the kindergartners would say. Uh, we learned that the golden egg that Harry captured in the first task would provide some clue to the next task. So everyone is pressing Harry to open the egg, and when he does, Jessica. All kinds of uh, heck breaks loose. Yes. And I remember from the movies, of course, and but I did notice that it was being described very differently. Well, not very differently, but different people were kind of hearing different things when we read it mm -hmm. in the chapter. So I thought that was interesting. Like, I immediately just picture the scene from the movie with the, where it's like screaming, wailing, and... And then we, but we had like a couple of little paragraphs there of different people like speculating or saying what they thought it sounded like. And I thought that was interesting. It's kind of hard once you've seen the movies to not picture yeah. these things in your head, especially the actors. Hmm. Like when, I'm sure when the books came out before the movies, the people that read them, you know, and I, I didn't read them until 20, 20 something years after the books came out but so i i already had i had seen the movies first and i had already associated 
these the characters. Yeah, with. not just seeing not even, at this point not even seeing the movies. You just know like mm-hmm. you've seen movie posters, you've seen mm-hmm. advertisements, commercials. Sure, everything would have their faces on it. Mm-hmm. So even if you hadn't seen the movies at this, you know, you would still kind of associate those faces with so when those I'm, characters. When I'm reading the books and I'm playing the little movie in my head, as good readers do, like I've been teaching my kids for the last 18 years, when you're reading a book, you should be able to see it in your head. If you can't, then you're really not... It, then maybe the book might be too hard for you, or you're just not engaged in it enough. But when I do it, I see these actors portraying these characters and it's hard to get away from that and it's probably the same thing like you were talking about with this scene it's probably kind of hard to get that out of your head yeah and so the kind of was it i found that extra interesting but the egg screams bloody murder essentially yes and somebody said it was like a banshee howling so then they thought oh well you're gonna have to face a banshee which apparently banshees exist in oh, yeah. the wizarding world yeah what is a banshee exactly? Uh, it's, it's like, like a, a like a, like a gremlin screams at you kind of thing. No, I always pictured it as like a almost like a ghost spirit type thing that screams. Like I'm, I picture floating and hovering and screaming. All right, we'll have an intern look it up. I don't know. But we we have to close the egg immediately because it's just it's torturous. Yes. This, this this sound. So whatever the clue is that in is in there, we're not going to find it today, because it's just it's just too it's too terrible. Uh, Hermione notices that all, notices all the food at the celebration and asks Fred and George how they were able to get it, and she's not using she's not wanting that knowledge because she's hungry. It's I mean that would be me. I'm like, dude, how'd you get all this food? I would love to have like an outlet. To just or go just whenever have I food wanted. Whenever I wanted. Or like when Harry had to miss miss food miss meals. He didn't want to take his meals in the Great Hall. He could have gone and got food. Yeah, instead of just gotten a couple slabs of toast. <laughs> Nothing wrong with toast. Well, toast is fine. With a little protein on it wouldn't, wouldn't be bad. But she's got ulterior motives here. And we're going to find that out later in the chapter. But we fast forward a week or so. It's now December at Hogwarts. And Hagrid is dealing with the blast-ended Scroots in Care of Magical Creatures class. And they seem to be getting a bit out of hand with the size. But also with the fact that Hagrid doesn't seem to know exactly what their needs are or what their habits are. Yeah, I figure at this point, shouldn't he be like, looked it up? Like, there's got to be a book. Harry doesn't seem like a look-it-up kind of guy. <sighs> I would have looked it up. Somebody could have, like... Why hasn't Hermione looked it up? That That's that's an interesting take. You would think that maybe she's just too busy with everything else. Yeah, you know, dealing with the boys. Look up, you know, Hagrid's extra credit here. Um, Saying that, I want to step back for one second. So, when... They were at the party, and they, everybody was trying to get Harry to open the egg. She was like, no, 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 you're supposed to do it on your own. But I feel like that, too, was kind of double duty of, you know, Harry's kind of getting a big head and playing to the crowd, and she's trying to keep him down. Mm-hmm. What, they don't know what was in there. It could have been, you know, like a riddle or something. And yes. Could it, have been the Grim. Could have been the Grim. Oh, the Grim! I don't know why Jessica. that would be in there. No. But... 
you know, it's another one of those things. You might not want everybody to know. It might give, you know, if it gets out and everybody knows it, then it might give somebody else an advantage. Mm -hmm. Like the whole, it's dragons for the first task. I guess Harry just kind of had the the mob pressure. Yeah. And she tried to reel them in there Mm -hmm. and didn't work out. She's constantly on patrol. Yes. (laughs) Like like our dog Nightwing. Constantly on patrol. patrol, ready to, to try and... Put out she's, fires. She's never off prevent duty. Prevent fires. Yeah, she's never off duty. That's for <sighs> sure. Here's a th- here's my my issue with the Hagrid and the handling of the, the blast ended scroots. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know like if they hibernate. He was trying to like put them in these boxes and like nail them <laughs> shut. And, <laughs> and then like, and they just freak out and just start shooting fire out of their butts. Just like I was thinking, I'm like, oh, are they like they're gonna burn the school down? Like asleep. Or like if maybe they like are in cocoons or something, and he's like thinking they're hibernating and trying. He's just gonna put them in the box, but no, they're still like awake and run, running around. So why would we put them in a box? Here's here's my issue. Shouldn't Hagrid, as the care of magical creatures expert and educator, shouldn't he be teaching about magical creatures that he is already familiar with? Mm, no, he tried to do that. Yeah, but he started, he kind of got the big guy and kind of started big with like, you know, the, the hippogriff. Mm-hmm. And he could have started with something more manageable that he, because no doubt he is very knowledgeable about, about a variety of, of magical creatures. But there should be like... But he prefers the more dangerous ones. So I'm gonna assume most of his yeah, but maybe maybe Dumbledore needs to kind of like when he does his uh his teacher evaluation at the end of the year. Oh, <laughs> you know, maybe, well, the end of the year is always a little hectic. Maybe he needs to, so he didn't do so the evaluation. He didn't, didn't do it. I didn't get my evaluation this year. And the whoa, end of the year whoa, got hold on. the end of the year. Things got out of hold control. Hold on, breaking news. <laughs> Now, somebody uh, is going to get in a lot of trouble here for not performing <laughs> their 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 duties. I was supposed to have it, I don't remember, on like that Thursday. That Thursday. We all the remember, last day we of all, school. We all remember that the last day of, Not the last day of school, but the second to last day of school. I was supposed to have it that day, like in the morning, but then those... The red carpet awards were that day, and the assistant principal had to go to that, and so mine got pushed off. Big time stuff. I got snubbed, and then, you know, also, we had teachers out on the second to last day of school. As, as is tradition. <laughs> so Teachers do not like just, going to work. <laughs> it just didn't work out, and then he was like, oh, it's no big deal, we'll, we'll get it tomorrow. But then the next day, I was collecting disgusting Chromebooks all day from the at-home kids. These kids, man, they they destroyed these Chromebooks. They're destroyed. They, I opened one they and bombarded, Fruity Pebbles fell out they everywhere. They bombarded these Chromebooks with a variety of boogers. <laughs> food. Food. Candy. 
crayons. I had a I had like a broken crayon that was closed inside of it. So and then it was in its case. So it like rubbed. Could you imagine like, like you if know, the, the, crayon the crayon was in there? Like this thing isn't closing. Maybe I'll grind it back and forth a little bit. And they did. They eventually got it to close by grinding the, the crayon, crayon into the Chromebook. into all of the keys. And yeah. God, and, I can't wait to retire. I just can't oh, wait. And the ones that smelled like cigarette smoke so much that I coughed touching them. <laughs> I started coughing. I had a mask on. Secondhand smoke from a Chromebook. (laughs) I had a mask on. Mask and still hacking and coughing because they smelled so much like cigarettes. They've damaged your lungs are permanently damaged Mm -hmm. from Chromebook. I cannot wait to retire. As of this point, I have seven years. I I didn't even get a lunch that day, so that. I'll tell you tell what, you when I retire and you're still working, I'll bring you lunch every day. How about that? Sweet. I'm going to hold you to that. <laughs> what else am I going to be doing? <laughs> <laughs> like, lunch, please. I'm on it. Bring me food. You guys heard it here, so you can hold me to it. Yep. Uh, it's forever ingrained in podcast history, unless I delete that part of the podcast. Oh. No, I won't. I promise. I'll take care of you. So th- that's my issue, is that... That I didn't get evaluated? No, that Hagrid didn't get evaluated. I think that Hagrid probably needs to be evaluated, not to lose his job, because I think he could be really good at this role, but I don't think he's going about it the right way. And yeah. I and it's probably just an experience, and it's probably just a little naivete. He needs some structure mm-hmm. and and guidance. Like, you know, it's like when I became when I went from fourth grade to PE, nobody gave me like a workshop or anything on how to do it. I just had to figure out how to how to be a PE teacher. Everybody's well, like, oh you hard. just you just roll the roll the balls out. No, it's a little bit it's a little bit more than that. And then being a librarian, nobody really told yeah. me anything. Like there's like the, the computer system and everything like that. I had to, you gotta do inventory. Have was, you ever done inventory? I don't at this want to point? talk let's let's change the subject. <laughs> oh. Oh. Every year that I don't do it, I always have some excuse. Last year it was COVID. I'm like, ah, oh, I don't know. Can't do it. COVID. Yeah. You know? Nope. Can't. Can't touch all those books. <laughs> I don't know what my excuse is going to be this year. I'll come up with something. Though. Something. <laughs> oh, seven more still, years. If still I can waiting make it, on all the books to be returned from the ones that went it, home during COVID. I'm wondering. It's like, can I make enough excuses for seven more years of not having to do inventory and then just leave? Yeah. And then I could just leave Go. and just walk away. And they're going to be like, what happened to Mr. Rhino? And I'm, they'll never hear from me again. No. I'm not going to be one of those guys that comes no, they'll, back and... No, they'll find you because you're going to be coming up every day to give me lunch. I'll wear a disguise. <laughs> Jessica, that strange man is here to bring you food. He's wearing a mustache this time. Groucho Marx glasses. <laughs> Ain't no such thing as a sanity clause. Ah, comedy from the 1930s. Oh, okay. So I just think that he shouldn't be using animals that he doesn't really know about. He's supposed to be the expert here. You know, Snape doesn't teach potions that he's never made before. He doesn't just say, like, oh, we're going to try this today. I've never done it, but, you know. How hard could it be? And and Snape is more responsible. (laughs) (laughs) Snape is, some would say that Snape is a better educator. <laughs> He's a little harsh. He plays favorites, but he, no, he's probably going to learn more in his class. With him, it's more about superiority, though. He wouldn't want to look 
foolish in front of the children. So he would only teachers teach something. should have that. <laughs> All teachers should feel superior to their students. If you don't, you need to find a different profession. It's like when I go in, like when I go in to help like fifth grade with math, and you know the other teachers are like, well, how do you, you know, how do you do that? Like, how do you, you know, go in there and. And, and feel comfortable just, I'm like, cause I'm smarter than them. That's why. <laughs> well, I should be better at this. I should be able to just walk in and do it better than them. My issue is all the teachers teach things a little differently. So I'm sitting there going, okay, well, how did your teacher want you to do it? Okay. Then let's do it that way. <laughs> but <laughs> why I don't to... you show me how you think? You yeah. I have it. to. I have to figure that out first. Like, okay, well, how does your teacher have you do it? Especially with math, because, oh my goodness. Yeah, math's the worst. They have all these different techniques now. And it's like, you didn't draw the boxes, Mr. Wayne. I was like, what boxes are you talking yeah, about? what boxes? <laughs> I just figured this thing out in ten seconds. You're over here drawing boxes. And shapes, and... You're, you you made ten circles, and now you're putting dots in each circle. I, I don't know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. You're over here drawing domino pieces. <laughs> well, they got to get the cubes out. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the cubes. Oh, no, the cubes. All right, get your cubes. It's going to take all day. <laughs> 20 minutes later, you got one problem done. I was like, all right, I'll yeah. see you tomorrow. We got 10 plus 2 done. Thank goodness. Oh, well, Rita Skeeter pops up because, of course, she does in the middle of Hagrid, Ron and Hermione and Harry trying to wrangle these fire butt shooting creatures. And half the class is hiding in the cabin from them. So it's a great class. It's a very informative, really, really solid uh, lesson that Hagrid had yes. today. But Harry and Ron and Hermione have to take care of everything. Uh, Rita Skeeter says she wants to do an interview with Hagrid. About his job at Hogwarts. Doesn't make sense. This is a bad idea, right? Oh, yes. What's, I don't even... I don't know. I don't remember this. What's her angle, do you think? I don't remember this. It wasn't from... You know, none of this. Okay, well, is this the, is good that movie. you don't remember this. What and do you think remember. her... Uh, think about who Rita Skeeter is as a person. <laughs> yeah. We already know that... Uh, I'm sure She's a plagiarist. Turn around and she's just going to get some dirt on the kids from him and she's just using this as a or maybe even something about the dragon task she might even ask if Harry got any help mm. I don't know maybe that would be what I would be like oh well, you, know, you and Harry got, uh, seem awfully close Hagrid's got loose lips yes. likes to let things uh, out whether on the, purpose or the not the kids are more concerned on he's gonna be Get himself into trouble admitting how he got certain animals. Illegal. Let's head to divination class, and Trelawney is still telling Harry that Pluto, because Pluto is in retro, Pluto can ruin your, your Pluto's in retrograde or some nonsense <laughs> okay. like that. One of the authors that I follow on Instagram, she talks about this all the time, all the time. Talks about like. Pluto. Planets, different planets in retrograde, and it, it's messing <laughs> up her life. I, I, and I'd like to know like, who this person is so I can slap them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I 
like her. No, don't slap her. I, she, she says some weird things sometimes, but I like her. <laughs> okay, I won't slap him. <laughs> I'm saying she says some weird things, and the other one makes her vegetables talk to each other and fight each other. So, you know, it's all perspective, I guess. So Pluto is in, in, in orbit. Um, yeah, in somewhere unification with Neptune's quadrant retrograde and <laughs> Retro- it can really mess up your day. Yeah, it could. It really can. So he, so Harry's definitely going to die because of what Pluto's doing right now. Yeah, and yeah. Harry's Daniel. just not impressed anymore. <laughs> no, his first year, his first time he was in divination class. I don't even think it was his first year. I think it was yeah, his the first, year. just the year that first time he took mm-hmm. it. It, you know, anytime somebody you know who you think is an expert at seeing the future tells you that you are going to die you probably get a little worried but when you're told this 37 time, different ways and you know every way from here and back and here to four and up and down and all around it kind of loses its potency on you mm-hmm. And it just, it's like the boy who cried wolf. You're yeah. just like, uh-huh, okay. Well, and you got to figure, too, so the first year that he took the class and she said he was going to um, die, he had, you know, at the end of the last school year, mm-hmm. most likely, <laughs> almost died. Mm-hmm. So he's yeah. like, away. Oh, like, man, she might have been on to something. Yeah, this, this isn't over. Mm-hmm. There's more coming. But, yeah. But I think, to the the fact that Harry and Ron can be just so nonchalant with their homework and so so over the top goofy and silly with it and she thinks it's good stuff good stuff then that kind of because it's just about death and right pain and, and destruction. It, but it's just nonsense and they know it's nonsense and she is saying that it's good so if somebody that you're supposed to respect is saying that nonsense is good stuff, you kind of probably, it loses some of the potency too to what they say. Mm-hmm. And there's the fact, I and I don't really mention it in the book, but Hermione has so little respect for Trelawney. Yes. To the point where she got up and left her, left a class. Which and kind of told her off Yeah, first. which is not a, you know, Hermione thing to, you know, she's very respectful of her teachers, and, you know, even the ones that, you know, like Snape, that, that don't like her just because of who she associates with, and probably the fact that she's been a know about yeah, know it all, a bit of a know it all. But I think that that probably resonates with Harry a little bit too. You know, if Hermione, if this is the one teacher that Hermione doesn't even respect, why should I have any take any credence to anything she says? Mm-hmm. They don't really mention that in the book, but that just kind of popped into my head. Makes sense. Uh, ready to call it a night and head to the common room when Hermione rushes Ron and Harry off to the kitchen. Now that she knows the secret way in from friend George. Uh, was it like tickling the the pear or pear. something on the, yeah. the painting? <laughs> and it and turns the into goes, a doorknob. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can go into the kitchen where the house elves work. And Harry is reunited. Reunited. And it feels so good. With... Dobby. Dobby, the house elf. Now, we haven't seen Dobby since Harry hoodwinked the Malfoys into freeing Dobby back in book two, I believe. So it's been a while. It's been a while. Dobby is a free elf now, Jessica. 
He no longer wears the grimy pillowcase. What's his wardrobe like nowadays? It's a bit odd, Daniel. It, it's a bit odd. And so, what do you remember about what he wears, and then why? <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm reading, you know, the the Ravenclaw edition, and I, I, I knew that it wouldn't be there, but I still flipped back to the first page of the chapter to see if there was a little sketch, because mm-hmm. in some of the editions, there's little sketches, and I'm like, oh, I wonder if... There's a little sketch of him in this outfit. Mm-hmm. I wonder if the illustrated edition has it. Mm, maybe. So he's wearing a, like a doily on his head, mm-hmm. a tie around his chest. Of course. And I, I don't know if it's like diagonal mm-hmm. or if it's around and tied in the back like a bikini top or something mm-hmm. or what exactly is happening with the tie. Um, and then, oh, football shorts? I'm assuming soccer shorts, then. Probably. Because football players don't really wear shorts. Yeah. If it's, so I'm if thinking... It's, foot, if it's, it's football, football, soccer, and 99% of the world. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm assuming soccer shorts, which would make sense, because they're usually pretty small. Maybe some umbros. Maybe they he's wearing some umbros. Well, umbros were... So cool when I was in high school. <laughs> so cool. I wore them just because everybody else wore them because I just wanted people to like me. But we cheered for soccer, and that was our soccer. It was our cheerleader soccer uniform. It was blue umbrellas and a t-shirt. Classy. Yeah, we were high class. So for basketball, we had full uniforms, but not for soccer. Um. And then he has socks on. One sock is the sock that mm-hmm. Harry gave him, and the other one is like orange and pink striped. Mm-hmm. So he's a bit of a, uh, he's taking some fashion risk, is what you're saying. Yes. Well, I mean, when you're new to it, you, you just go all in. It's like letting the three-year-old, all right, you know what, you dress yourself today. Yeah. <laughs> and they just grab anything they can find and put it on. So it's a bit of a mishmash of of different. So is that just because he doesn't, no. <laughs> like, well, also, I think throughout the conversation, we kind of get bits and pieces. He, uh, somebody, I don't know, it was a comment about, um, we haven't talked about Winky yet, but Winky didn't go rummaging for her outfit like mm. Dobby had, so it sounded like he put things together with what he could find. Mm. You also have to know, he, you know, he didn't have any possessions before he was freed. How would he get possessions? Somebody would have to give it to him, or he'd have to find it, or rummage through, I don't want to say garbage, but, mm-hmm. you know, unwanted things. So, kind of makes sense. And then later we talk about when he has money, he says he wants to get a jumper, a sweater. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he's he's saving up. He doesn't have a full wardrobe yet. Mm-hmm. This is what he could put together. Save some of them galleons for a nice jumper. Nice jumper. But Ron's going to give him his. Uh, Dobby, as you alluded to, is not the only recently freed elf there. Winky is there also. And we haven't seen Winky, Mr. Crouch's former elf, since she was fired earlier in this book after being caught with a wand in her hand when that dark mark was sent into the sky back at the Quidditch World Cup. When the Death Eaters were having their little family reunion. That wasn't that long ago, babe. This was the beginning of the book. Which is like, it feels like three years ago. (laughs) 
Uh, but Winky is not handily being a free elf as well as Dobby is. No. Winky is currently in the midst of a deep, deep depression. What's going on with Winky, Jess? Well, she's dressed real cute, though. She's got a little, like, hat on, a bonnet, and a dress, and a blouse, or a skirt, and a blouse. She's dressed real cute, but it's, uh, kind of nasty. It's all stained and burned, and... But again, I don't know if she... Was it nice before? And then she didn't take care of it? Because what they kind of allude to, that Dobby takes care of his outfit, but... Winky didn't take care of hers, but Dobby's definitely more. How did proud, she get it? Did more it... proud of being a free elf, you know. But Winky is in. She's depressed about being dismissed yeah, from the crowd. Completely crouches. distraught, just laying on the floor, crying and wailing, and. So they, they both are at the same place in their life as far as being free elves looking for paid work. Well, but, she doesn't want paid work. Well, she yeah. just wanted <laughs> but, work. But Actually, she doesn't even want work. She wants to go back to right. her her master from before. But they're kind of in the same spot in their life, but they're both handling it very, very, very differently. They're both reacting to it very, very differently. And it's just like some people. When some people retire, I mean, they love retirement, and it's everything they've ever wanted. And when some people retire, they kind of like are lost mm -hmm. they they had a routine they had structure for all these years and now that you've been working for this magical thing this magical freedom being a house elf or this magical retirement but now that you got it you actually have to figure out what the next step is and i think that's kind of where you know dobby is handling it a lot better than than winky is but okay. the, the circumstances for them becoming free elves were very different as well. So neither could find jobs as free elves because just people aren't accustomed to paying house elves? Is it just because, like, why would I pay you to do a job that I could get a house elf to do for free? Yeah. That's that's just the long and short of it? Yeah. It's the house elf. This is a totally new radical idea. Dobby wanting to be paid. That doesn't make any sense to anybody. Why would I do that when there's house elves that work for free? Well, both were given jobs at Hogwarts by Dumbledore because they both just want to work. They, I mean, that's... what. What's with the inherent desire by house elves to just want to be needed or just want to be busy is it something in their dna is it something is it just like a learned behavior is it something that's just kind of ground into their brains from day one I, house elves seem to and we've heard the we've heard some of the the weasleys say it before too they want to work that's what makes them happy yeah, why are you trying to take that away from them, them? you're you know um, yeah, I think that's just, that's their culture, they, but, like, in everything, some people will take advantage of that and abuse it, and that's what happened to Dobby. Had he been in a house that was kind to him, he would be, you know, maybe he would have never felt like he wanted to be freed, but he was not in a good household, and so he saw... The advantages, you know, you preferred a different life 
because the one he had wasn't very good. Now, Winky, she, she just seems to be in complete denial, and I feel like Dobby just brought her along mm. so that she'd have a safe place to be. I don't even know if, like, she's even working or if she just sits there yeah. and sobs and wants to go back to her old life. Like, she hasn't even accepted that that's not... She didn't seem like be doing any work while they yeah. were all in the room. No. And it, I got the impression that she's been like, like, this is just who she is and, like, everybody just ignores it. Like, it didn't phase Dobby when she threw herself on the ground and started crying. She just kept talking. Like, yeah. there was nothing going on. Like, it's a, a child a having thing. a tantrum. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to ignore it and we're going to move on with our lives. When Dobby says he actually likes being free, he actually likes wearing clothes, he actually likes getting paid, even though he Dumbledore offered him a ten a, a higher salary, yeah. and and Dobby's like, whoa, 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 ten galleons, one's good, one, <laughs> one a week. There's still I just it, want to be able to buy some clothes once in a while. That's all like, he wants out of life. Yeah, that's the thing, like. There's, it seems like there's this programming in him that even though he says he likes being free, he likes wearing clothes, he likes getting paid for a hard day's work, there's still this programming in him, because we see it later on where he's banging his head against the table, mm -hmm. and he has to be stopped from banging his head against the table for saying something that he he's allowed to say now. Yes. But there's this inherent programming in him that he feels like he shouldn't get a fair wage <laughs> like you know Dumbledore felt that this was a fair wage for the well for him I think he thinks that that's a fair fair wage because he likes the job you know uh -huh. if you have to do a job that you like to do you're willing to do it for a little less if it's a job you really hate and you can't stand somebody's gonna have to really pay you a lot to make and, you want to do it. And when you've worked for so many years for no pay, one mm -hmm. galleon is... It's plenty. ...a tremendous amount, mm -hmm. you know? And, you know, you feel like you're you're rich now. Mm -hmm. And you dress that way. Yeah. <laughs> you dress very bo boisterous. Well, and he doesn't have, like, a lot of bills either. I'm assuming the room and board comes at mm -hmm. Hogwarts and... I would think so. You know, like I said, all he wants is to be able to buy some clothes once in a while. Probably, ju probably just eat... From the kitchen, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, so you, you don't got to pay the price. doesn't have a, a card note or anything like that. No. No. Then have to play, pay he Geico can, every he month. He can magic most of the things that he wants. Mm -hmm. and Doesn't have that Spectrum cable bill, which keeps going up, by the way. Every time I check it, it's like, oh, temp they, they, they just nickel and dime you, man. They think you don't notice that it's like five bucks more, but I digress. But Dan notices. I notice. I see you, Spectrum. Uh, when when Dobby says he actually likes being free, actually likes wearing clothes, actually likes being paid, the other house elves act like he's carrying some kind of infectious plague and they cannot be anywhere, mm -hmm. even make eye contact with him. Is it... What's what's up with that? I mean, they, the fa they, they can't even be around somebody who's talking you know talking in that manner well, to them he's weird nobody want you know most of the house elves don't want the things that he's talking about and i'd have to say particularly the ones at hogwarts probably have it really good mm -hmm. like they just take care of hogwarts nobody bothers them to, they don't have to, like deal with the kids or anything mm -hmm. they just clean up and they make the food and they're happy. 
Well, Winky is just they even have mess. like little uniforms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not clothes. Hog, it's Hogwarts a crest. Yeah, on it. it's a towel. Like little togas, kind of. Yeah. Uh, Winky's just a mess, like we said. But in her sorrows, we do get a little bit of information. Ooh, yeah, little little tidbits. Uh, Winky says that her former master, Mister Crouch, speaks very poorly of Ludo Bagman, and Winky calls Bagman, quote, a bad wizard, a very bad wizard. And Ron, Harry, and Hermione kind of brush this off as maybe maybe Crouch doesn't respect Bagman because of how Bagman does his job at the ministry. And, or because he doesn't have a sense of humor. And we, we know that Bag, Bagman is a very outgoing, boisterous uh, personality, and Mr. Crouch seems more buttoned up and proper. And a lot of times, like oil and water, those things don't mix. Mm-hmm. So there's... You know, we could think that there, there there could just be a personality, you know, difference between the two. But there could be more to it than that. Yes. I think you've learned that. not to trust characters. Yeah. And I think I've learned that not to overlook little things like that that are buried in the... Especially toward the end of a chapter. I found that J.K. Rowling has a little little pattern. And a lot of authors do. A kind of a little hook. But, this, but she... Not so much a hook for the next chapter. It's not like, and Harry opened the door to the forbidden chamber and saw... <gasps> End of chapter. I'm not talking yeah. about like that. A lot of times, J.K. Rowling will bury like a little tidbit of information at the at the end of the chapter that you kind of have to keep a, a, a mental note of for mm-hmm. later on. So that might be one of those little mental notes we have to keep track of here. And uh, that's does it for chapter 21 of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire the House Elf Liberation Front which is the name comes from was Ron said uh, well we're not spew anymore we're the house what are we the House Elf Liberation Front <laughs> and they, they don't actually Hermione doesn't actually say well yes that is our name but yeah that comes from does. just a little side comment from Ron uh, anything you would like to add about the chapter? Because I do have a question for you. You have a question? No. We have an email question? Uh, we actually uh, have a question that I got directly from the source. Uh, my good friend uh, Jane, my co-teacher uh, buddy, who has binged all of our podcasts and is eagerly awaiting us to record this episode just so she's got something else to listen to. Oh my goodness. J- you need to slow down. She needs to slow down. She's gone through how many books <laughs> in like a month? She said she drives a lot. And uh, so I think she said she drives like an hour, like to work and from work. And so she, so she's knocking out like right now. She's knocking out like she's teaching summer school. Oh, okay. I and forgot. I forgot about summer school because I am not doing summer school. <laughs> forgot it was a thing. You're above that. Yeah. At least this summer. Yeah, anything you want to add about Chapter 21? There's something that I really want to talk about, but it's, in order to talk about it, it's kind of a spoiler. Like, But there was something in this chapter that I was like, oh my god, she mm. told us all the way back here? Mm-hmm. All the way back here. Mm. It was big. Now I'm going back through the chapter to think of what I might have missed. I don't think you'll know. Because you haven't read the books, hmm. I was I think it was There's something about the tea hat that Dobby was no. Wearing. <laughs> Does that I, somehow play in later on? I think it's mentioned in the books. 
or in the movies, but just like barely a thing. In the, something about the peach. In the books, it's like does a full pe- blown does plot. Does the peach part. in the painting no. suddenly become the villain at the no. end? Is Voldemort hiding in the peach? No. Like he did in the turban the first year? No. Okay. Well, like I said, my buddy Jane has a question. Okay. And you can always send us your questions and comments, broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com or at broomsticksb on Twitter. Like I said, she's been binging all of our episodes, following us on our journey through these books. And her question is in regards to becoming an animagus. Yes? Her question is, if you do the work to become an animagus, is your animal form the same as your Patronus? Now, I did a little research here. Did you? I'm... Okay. I don't know, (laughs) but I'm going to make a guess. Go ahead. And say no. Okay. Why? Um, I don't know. I know that Professor McGonagall can change into a cat. I do not believe that her Patronus is a cat. Actually, I believe her Patronus is a cat. <laughs> okay. What's your research? I don't. I don't know if that is true or not. But <laughs> I will have an intern look it up. Uh, I I went to the. Official, where is, where do you, where do we go for our official, uh, Harry Potter? If we want to know something for sure, how something is supposed to be presented in the wizarding world, what is the website that we go to? Oh, I was going to say call Kelly. <laughs> and Kelly would go to <laughs> Pottermore. Pottermore. <laughs> which I believe has been, uh, changed to wizardingworld.com now. Oh. Um, but I think, I think if you go there, it'll say, uh, if you're here from Pottermore, and I think you might even have to, if you had a Pottermore account on there where you could get sorted and, and find out your Patronus and your wand and things like that, uh, you might have to create a, you might have to log in and then create a new account and then get your stuff, uh, transferred over to wizardingworld.com. But it's a wonderful website with, Lots of uh, great information, and we, we use it all the time on this podcast. And here's what I found on my Pottermore research. You cannot choose your Animagus animal. Oh. And it says, if we could choose our Animagus, you can rest assured we'd all be lions, adorable puppies, or magnificent eagles. But realistically, an Animagus is closely linked to your personality. For example, the brave and rebellious James Potter is famously a snag. A snag? A snag? Why did I say snag? snag? A snag. Uh, and it does say that your Animagus and Patronus animal can be the same. So I think to answer Jane's question, it often is the same. And uh, there will be, uh, and I do have McGonagall's, I do have her information here. Uh, to clarify but from the wording here where it says it can be the same it makes me think that there are exceptions to the rules Mm -hmm. but from the explanation that comes below it it makes me think that the majority of the time your animagus mirrors your patronus and it says if a wizard never masters animagus magic it doesn't necessarily mean they'll never find out the animal they could have been Another pretty complex, uh, another pretty complex form of magic, the Patronus charm, has been known to mirror it, 
meaning the animal you cast to attack the mentors could well be your inner animal as well. For example, Minerva McGonagall's animagus form is famously a cat, and so is her Patronus. I did some more looking, and I was—I just kind of decided to see um, our famous friends who created the Marauders map. Yes. And I and I I tried to see like what their we know what their animagus forms are. Uh, worm Wormtail, Padfoot, Prongs, and Mooney. And Mooney. Well, Mooney's isn't really. Well, here we go. Okay. Now, Mooney, uh, who's uh, Professor Lupin, uh, his animagus is a werewolf. His Patronus is not a werewolf, but it is a wolf. However, I found out in my research that because of this negative connection that Lupin has with werewolves, he hates wolves because of he hates turning into a werewolf and losing the control and things like that so he usually when he conjures his patronus he usually does it as just i forgot what they call it like a the shield a, a, like a dissipation or something like oh. that where it's just kind of like apparently real powerful wizards can do a patronus where it doesn't actually just take a form where it's just just kind of like a a mist and uh Apparently, Sirius will do that quite a bit, too, um, judging by the article that I read, uh, rather than uh, turning and, you know, having the, the dog as his Patronus. A lot of times, uh, they will just use, like, a like more of a free-flowing kind of uh, mist as their Patronus. And I, that's something I never heard of. I thought it was very interesting. Why are you looking at me like that? I don't think I like this logic. What do you mean logic? It's, it's I looked it up. <laughs> I know, but I don't think I like the way it's... I don't know. So, your Patronus can change. Oh, so see, that, I didn't know that doesn't make sense. And then certain people... There are characters whose Patronus reflects who they care about, mm-hmm. not really themselves, but who they care about. Mm-hmm. So, I don't... Well, see, and like you said, it's not always the same. Yeah. And there's definitely exceptions to the rule. And, you know, I'm sure just like some wizards are more powerful than other, than others, there are... I'm sure there are connections that are more powerful and that would kind of, for example, you know, Wormtail, Peter Pettigrew, of course he turns into a, a rat because mm-hmm. look at him, yeah. you know, there's kind of, and that's kind of his personality. He did end up being, you know, kind of the, uh, he ended up being a literal, literal, literal rat, but also a uh, metaphorical rat too. But somebody, you know, like, uh, and I don't, I don't want to say, you know, specific characters' names because we haven't encountered these things yet. Yeah. But 
if somebody has such a strong connection with somebody else, you could see how that would kind of change what might be the predetermined Patronus that you would normally associate with their, you would think you would associate with their personality, or norm, the Adamagus that you would normally think that would fit with their personality and their physical features and, and everything. But it, some things are more powerful than, you know, predeterm, predeterminations. You know, like love, Jessica. Love. love is more powerful. And friendship. Some say friendship is magic. <laughs> Anything else you want to add to that? <laughs> no, I think you covered it, Daniel. Right. Uh, love is a many splendid thing. John Keats said that. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, John Keats said, a thing of beauty is a joy forever. How about that? Okay. Kind of put things in perspective for you. Nice. Love is a many splendid thing. Might have been like a Barry White song or something. <laughs> uh, and on that note, I think we're done. I think we're yeah, done. we've gone over an hour. I, yeah. We're done here. I was just trying to give some longer episodes so Jane can like get through a whole car ride with just one episode. How about that? There you go. So this has been Chapter 21 of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire here on Broomsticks and Butterbeer. Thank you to everybody. And I didn't do it this week. I was going to go through Facebook and I was going to copy down all the names of everybody who has liked our page over the last month. And I was just going to do it like a big like end credits list. <laughs> Like at the end of a of the end of a movie, and just give you all shout outs. And I will try to remember to do that on next episode. But thank you so much. I, it it baffles me that the listenership continues to grow. It it baffles me that you guys are actually digging the the shenanigans that we do on this show. And it's just something that that's fun for us to do, and we enjoy doing it, and we enjoy that you enjoy it. And that that means a lot. It really does. It it catches me right in the in the in the feels, Jess. Right in the bread basket is where I feel it. In the feels, Daniel. In the feels, I get. I, I'm. You've got me feeling emotion. They got me feeling it. I I get them too. I get the notifications too. About oh, another person like. Oh, I thought you were gonna say you get the feels no. too. Nah. I get the notifications. She too. doesn't get the feels like I do. I'm a lot more emotional than, than you are. But uh, this has been Broomsticks and Butterbeer. Like I said, no matter on what podcast platform you're currently listening to us on, uh, subscribe so you get the episode as soon as it drops. Leave us a five-star review or whatever rating system they use on the platform that you're listening on. We really appreciate it. And like I said, continue to send us in those those emails, broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at broomsticksb. Follow Jess on Twitter at Jess Rhino. Follow me on Twitter at Dan Rhino. And uh, I think that's going to do it for this episode. I think so. So until next time, I'm Dan Rhino. I'm Jessica Rhino. And we'll see you then. Bye. Bye.